0: Hour number three, Tremendous Football Thursday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. On for the next hour as well with our friends at Stadium. If you're watching us on Stadium right now, we appreciate it. Listening on Sirius Channel 160 or XM Channel 205, we appreciate you as well. We got a banger of a 60 minutes coming up for you here on the show, talking all things sports betting, bringing you the wager We'll get back to NFL awards as we move along, including the coaches that we think could potentially take down Dan Campbell in the coach of the year market. Our friend Joey Knish, pro sports better baby from the hammer. Joey Knish will join us in 20 minutes. Uh, all of Knish's bets are on the way for college football this weekend. And in a couple minutes, we'll be joined by the legendary Reese Davis, the host of ESPN's College Game Day and the College Game Day pod. We very much look forward to Reese Davis making his You Better, You Bet debut. If you're, if you're here for the Reese Davis interview, he's going to join us in just a couple minutes here, so hang tight. Reese Davis will be here with us in moments. And while we wait, Ken, on Reese Davis joining us again in just a couple minutes here, you know, you mentioned going up as we ended our number two, you talked a lot about, you know, Dan Campbell maybe being a likely winner of this award. Great job by you highlighting the schedule and, like, a really gaudy one-loss record being likely for the Lions. So we can acknowledge that Dan Campbell's likely to win. He's also plus 200 at BetMGM. You mentioned that you think there are a couple names Uh, coaches that you think could eventually maybe topple him come season's end if things break correctly. Uh, Give us like one or two of those coaches now, please, while we wait for uh, the great Reese Davis to join us on the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, and I, I, I won't go through every outcome that's possible, but just like my list of candidates that I'd be like interested in, let's say the lions lose on Sunday and then they like lose again at some point, And you're staring at like a 12 and five, 11 and six type of season that would make Campbell, I still think actually he would win, but I think that would make him vulnerable to like a good story, like a compelling narrative. <clears throat> and I I'll skip some people and you'll be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you skipped that guy. we'll talk about him at the end of the hour, like the list of coaches I would consider like reasonable, To beat him. Not like if they won out every single game the rest of the year. Like, let's be reasonable. Sala. But that's really flimsy. Uh, O'Connell. Tomlin. That's probably it. For uh, uh, Sean Payton. But like, that's really, that might be unreasonable too. That might be with like the McDaniel, Sirianni, like gotta win every game kind of stuff. It might just be that. And it's almost just like, I think you need a story that's good enough that beats Campbell's story. Like, the, the Steelers go, like, 13-4 and four or 12-5 and five or something stupid, and they, like, get out-gained in the games. Like, Tomlin could beat Dan Campbell. Like, that can happen. O'Connell makes I the playoffs. I think he would,
0: right? He would, write almost. if Tom, I don't if like they would, won 13 just because, and... like,
1: the way, the way Campbell was written about Nick in this midseason, I mean, it's like it's like it's done in some of these pieces. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, they won the division, guys. It's over. Like, yeah, they Roar won. my Or whatever. Right. Roar. I just... You got to be able to beat that. And I don't think just like it's, well, I won 12 games or something. So O'Connell is, the I think, the easiest one to get there because they just have to, I think, be the seven and the conversation gets interesting. Those two teams will play twice in the final three weeks of the season, too, which could have got to be fun uh, going against the guy who's the favorite to win the award. So I think O'Connell's a little interesting. I think Tomlin's a little interesting. I I have to put Sala in there because I just don't know what the Jets season's going to be. And if they made it with Zach Wilson... I guess that would be possible. I excluded a lot of names that might surprise people, including the second and third choice in the market, who I actually think have like almost no chance to win the award. But those those three, like the compelling narratives around the three, I actually think would be enough versus Campbell to at least make the conversation interesting.
0: I'm going to throw out a name, and, and I can't believe I'm doing this here, but I do want to throw out this name just because, like, this team can make the playoffs, could win the division, The team that's ahead of them, Ken, is a team that you and I both don't like very much. And I like, I'm on record, like I really don't like this head coach, this particular coach. Arthur Smith and the Falcons, we both like them this weekend on the road in Arizona. If they win, they're five and five. We like the Vikings this weekend against New Orleans. If the Vikings win, those two teams are tied atop atop the NFC South. And if Arthur Smith is really gonna like kind of like change his ways a little bit, stop being so condescending with the media, maybe, you know, give the ball to his best players, like there's an opportunity here. I think that America loves a good redemption story. And if like all Arthur Smith needs to do, I think to win back, like people like me like idiots like me like give the ball to be john robbins and throw it to drake london and kyle pitts and stop talking to us like we're morons and i think like he could win everybody back over here and they could still make the playoffs now like i don't know how likely all of that is but they are only a game out of the out of uh first place right now in their own division arthur smith sitting at 66 to 1 am i nuts for suggesting arthur smith for coach of the year
1: no i mean you're, I, you could definitely suggest it i think there's a couple other names that we can talk about um they to be fair i, I believe they haven't played the 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 Saints twice either so maybe we'll do we'll do Arthur Smith it's an interesting list of candidates I guess apparently one more and no more mustache too maybe that's a compelling narrative
0: yeah, because that that that's gonna fix the issues. Let me just that's shave my mustache. I'll, I'll also, yeah. maybe give the ball maybe give the ball to Bijan Robinson. Uh, joining us right now here on the show, and this is an absolute treat for us. The legendary host of ESPN's College Game Day and the ESPN's College Game Day podcast, the great Reese Davis, who you can find on Twitter at his name at Reese Davis. Reese. It's Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. We really appreciate you making the time. Our mutual friend Tim Scanlon says hello. By the way, welcome to the show. How's it going?
2: Uh, everything's going great and there's not a not a better guy around than scant so uh, i any friend of his or friends of mine so it's good to talk to you guys Scan
1: a, a friend of both of us, Reese, and, and great to have you the show. You worked at ESPN for like a really long time. Have watched Game Day for a really long time. So awesome to talk to you. I, I would say like wow, a lot of great games this weekend. Let's get into it. I do want to ask you about Michigan to start, just because it's been such a, a dominant story, and for betters too, Reese. Like we're all kind of sitting here. I bet a lot of Michigan to win the national championship at the start of the season and the first few weeks. Like thought that maybe they could be the best team this year. We're waiting for this Big Ten punishment. Not sure what that's going to be. Maybe insignificant. Waiting to see if anything from the NCAA maybe that doesn't take you know until the end of the year. Should I be like worried at all like whether it's title, Heisman with McCarthy, any impact on Michigan of these uh, these NCAA potential sanctions or the Big Ten stuff?
2: I, I kind of think it remains to be seen and I don't mean to be dodging the answer because much like you, I picked Michigan um, to they were number one in my AP preseason poll. Now I don't have them number one right now, but that's only because they haven't been tested at all. And I still suspect they're the best team, but I need to see them play somebody that can fog a competent mirror. And, you know, they finally get a chance to do that this weekend. So I I think they're really good. I suspect they might be the best team in the country. Um, But this is one of those situations, guys, you've seen it a lot in sports. These types of things are galvanizing to a team until they're not meaning you know meaning it pulls everybody together and then if it if it is a situation that chips away and chips away and chips away then sometimes you maybe run into a situation where you don't perform your best or or maybe that won't happen at all i don't think there's going to be any resolution from the ncaa standpoint and with the articles that have been written recently in michigan's determination to do everything to avoid any punishment from the big 10 at this moment you know. It, I'm not sure it's going to have a big impact on the field. Uh, I'm, you know, at least not yet. I don't see any indication that would uh, dissuade me from picking Michigan to win games.
0: The fog, a competent mirror, is, I, I may have to steal that one. Maybe, maybe not even give proper attribution, Reese, honestly, because it's such a good yeah. line here. Uh, so do you I think, think Michigan's. Uh, You know what? I actually said it earlier in the show, and I just forgot. Reese actually stole it from me. That's not true. I stole it from Reese. So, Reese, Michigan may be the best team in the country, and I think on Saturday they'll be facing a team that might be able to fog a competent mirror. But I feel like if I keep saying that too fast, I'm going to get myself in trouble. And that is Penn State here. Michigan about a a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, Thoughts on whether Michigan Reese can win this game by margin and then we can go to uh, to the game that you guys will be at this weekend with Ole Miss Georgia?
2: I actually think they can Um, now Penn state is really good on defense and I do expect a, you know, a relatively low scoring game. Um, So I, I think Penn state will play well defensively, but I just haven't seen enough from them in terms of making explosive plays. And I think that, that Michigan's a really hard team to make a living against just sort of, you know, methodically moving the ball consistently against And, also with the limited opportunity you might get because they do that very well. So, you know, you know, I probably ought not be in the business of giving out picks, but I, I would you know, I think the number the last time I saw was four and a half. I'd probably lay the four and a half uh, with Michigan on the road because Penn State, while a good team, I'm not sure they're a great team. And I think Michigan potentially is a great team.
1: Reese, I'm curious if we play this out, too. So let's say Michigan wins this game. Uh, They're projected to be about a touchdown favorite over Ohio State at the end of the year. Let's just say they, they keep winning. And they went out, and J.J. McCarthy plays really well, kind of under the specter of all of this controversy that's going on. And he gets to the end of the season, and his numbers look really good, and they got two really good wins. And it's him and it's Penix, and it's Bo Nix, or maybe whoever wins that game, and it's Marvin Harrison, and it's Jordan Travis, and it's the Heisman Trophy voting time. Okay, maybe it doesn't affect Michigan on the field, the controversy, but maybe Heisman voters are like, I'm not voting for the quarterback of the guy who steals signs of the team who does that. I think it's like a reasonable question to ask. McCarthy is still one of the favorites, not the lowest price guy, but he's like the third, fourth choice in the market. Do you think he can actually win the Heisman with all of this going on?
2: I don't think this is going to keep JJ from winning the Heisman, but I would be surprised if he did win it. Now, I'm really, pardon me, I'm really high on him long term as a pro prospect. I think he's a really talented guy, but I don't think that he has been the best player up to this point this year. Now, maybe something will happen in the next three weeks that changes my judgment on that. But you know, to me, um, to me, it's Penix, Marvin Harrison. You know, have been the two best players overall. Certainly, Caleb Williams has played well again, but not to a Heisman level. Drake May has had a really good year, but not necessarily to a Heisman level. The Probably the wild card guy that I would look for there would be Bo Nix from Oregon. So, you know, if he, um, you know, if Oregon were to finish strong, put up numbers, they avenge their loss against Pennix and Washington, and Bo had a big game, I think he could make a, a quick close. And while I think J.J.'s a terrific player, I just don't know that he is, if they're built for him to have that Heisman wow moment that I feel like he's going to need. So I don't think it will be because of the sign-stealing scandal that I don't. Now, I'm sure individual with as many Heisman voters as there are, and I think I saw an article, you know, an anonymous anonymous one said he wasn't going to vote for him, but that's one out of 900 or whatever it is. I don't think there will be enough backlash among voters because of that. I think it will be more uh, that there are guys who do some flashier things, you know, or maybe put up bigger passing numbers or whatever it might be that would be the differentiator in terms of the Heisman race
0: you better you better here with Nick and Ken on a tremendous football Thursday great to be talking college football the legendary Reese Davis the host of ESPN's college game day they'll be in Athens this week for Georgia and Ole Miss he is on Twitter at Reese Davis Reese let's talk about that game and I know you said you're not in the business of picks but maybe just like a conceptualization of how you see the game maybe playing out Georgia a little bit more than a 10 point favorite in this game we've seen the Bulldogs maybe like come out of the gate slow in a couple games this year um, curious like how you think this game might play out with Georgia and Ole Miss on Saturday we have about 90 seconds for the answer.
2: Yeah, you know what, here's the thing is I make picks now on the podcast and that's changed a little bit. I think Georgia's the superior team. Um, you know, I've had a hard time getting that second half offensive performance or really the whole game offensive performance from Ole Miss against Alabama earlier out of my head. Really tough to beat Georgia here at night. And uh, you know, Ole Miss has some dynamic players and they'll need to make some big plays if they're going to uh, beat a Georgia team that is much, much better on offense than it gets credit for. So I, I think I think Georgia covers a number of wins a game.
0: Reese, we really appreciate the time. No, it's a very busy time of the week for you, so thank you very much for making a couple minutes to join us here on the show. Everyone check out the podcast, the College Game Day Pod, and of course, uh, like I'm sure everybody does, check out Reese on ESPN's College Game Day coming up this Saturday from Athens for Georgia and all Miss. We sincerely appreciate it, Reese. Safe travels. Enjoy the games this weekend. Hopefully we'll catch up with you down the line.
2: All right, sounds good, guys. Thank you.
0: Reese Davis joining us here, on You better, you bet. That was really cool. He's really awesome. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was great. And just like, you know... You know, just like selfishly for our show, and I'll speak for Ken here. Um, it's really cool that we've reached the point as a show where we get get guests like Reese Davis on, like talking games and like giving us picks on games. Yeah. I think is is really awesome. Uh, very cool. And thanks to uh, thanks to Alex, our EP for getting him, and our pal Randy Merkin as well for helping to book Reese Davis on the show. And Ken, he gave us like what's kind of I feel like at this point like a contrarian take on JJ McCarthy and the Heisman Trophy.
1: Sure, I think his point is like he thinks McCarthy's just not going to win organically, which I, I think is reasonable. The thing that he hit on that I would just emphasize, and it it made me, his answer made me very happy because I've built my like hashtag portfolio this way is I bet a lot of Knicks and a lot of Harrison a couple weeks ago with the idea that Knicks wins if he beats Penix. And Harrison wins and kind of a lot of the other wacky permutations. And you have like you have the host of game day who's like very connected with everything. And he comes on and tells you that Marvin Harrison's been one of the two best players in the country so far. And Harrison's price all year has not reflected that. The athletic poll, Harrison comes in first last week, second this week. Price does not reflect that. Like I I think everyone I think the price kind of nuts now at this point. Who else has to tell you he's one of the guys? Like, who else has to tell you? Like, the host of Game Day just came on. He's one of the best two players. He's the sixth in his price right now. Like, I just... At what point is that going to adjust? I think that's really interesting.
0: At Ben MGM, Harrison is 8-1 to alongside J.J. McCarthy and Jordan Travis. Bo Nix, plus 200. Michael Penix Jr. is the favorite at plus 150. Very interesting. Great stuff there from Reese Davis, the host of ESPN's College Game Day. Now, coming up next, only only on this stupid show could we go from (laughs) Reese Davis... To Joey Kanish, coming up next, college football and NFL bets for the weekend with the great Joey Kanish.